Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Thursday, everyone. We are studying the women of Advent, the ladies whose names are listed in the genealogy of Christ. There are five of them. We have already studied Tamar, and she corresponds to the candle of love that we light. Rahab was the second lady, and she corresponds to the candle of hope. And presently we're studying Ruth, and she corresponds to the candle of joy. Now, all of these ladies were different. Each one of their lives would seem to disqualify them from being in the lineage of Christ. And yet, God is so gracious. He looks past their faults and he allows each one of them a place of honor. In previous days, we have gone over the story of Ruth. She was a young lady in Moab. And Naomi and her husband had moved there and she married one of their sons. But in a short time, all the men in the family die, and Naomi decides to return to Bethlehem, and Ruth goes with her. When they get there, they have no livelihood, and Ruth has to glean in the fields. While gleaning in a particular field, she meets Boaz, the owner. Now Boaz is a close relative, and he eventually marries Ruth and redeems her inheritance. And they produce a son, Obed, who becomes the grandfather of King David. Now what we started to do yesterday was just to go through this story again and draw out the types and analogies. Boaz is a type of Christ. He's a kinsman redeemer. Ruth is a type of the church. She's a foreigner. She's outside the commonwealth of Israel, but she becomes the bride of Boaz. Now, as we pick up on the analogies, we find that Ruth is back in Bethlehem and she is gleaning in the fields of Boaz. And she finds favor in his sight. He's very kind to her. He offers her food and drink. He tells his young men to drop sheaves so that she can easily pick them up. And she's amazed at the graciousness and kindness of Boaz. And as a result, she's drawn to him. Now, it's sort of a strange mixture here. Because Boaz is an older man. And because of his wealth, they are socially disconnected. Ruth is the poorest of the poor, gleaning in the field. And Boaz is the landowner. And so it is with us. God is so far removed from us. I mean, he is the ancient of days. He's not just an old man. He's the ancient of days. And we are just a vapor that passes away. In fact, the scripture says, what is man that God is even mindful of him? But he is. And not only is he mindful of us, he is gracious towards us. And just as Boaz was gracious towards Ruth, so God is gracious towards us, even when we are separated from him. The scripture says that the sun shines on the just and the unjust, and the rain falls on the just and the unjust. God is gracious to us. And the scripture says that the goodness of the Lord leads us to repentance. God is so good to us. We sing a song at church. 
God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. And that song, even as simple as it is, sums it up so well. And Boaz demonstrates this goodness of the Lord towards us as he is gracious towards Ruth. So even in spite of the age difference and the social distinction, Boaz is attracted to Ruth. And I'm so glad that God is attracted to us. Even though he's the almighty creator, he also loves us. And all of this is pictured in the relationship between Boaz and Ruth. Now, these three ladies that we've talked about already are so different in so many ways and yet are similar. They're different in that Tamar's background was one of abuse and as a result, she eventually prostituted herself and the conception that happened was a result of incest between her and Judah. So there was nothing in the actions of Tamar that would qualify her to be in the lineage of Christ. And similarly with Rahab, she was a harlot and she was involved in a lifestyle of immorality. And yet God still reached out and by grace brought her in to the lineage of Christ. But Ruth now is different. Ruth is a virtuous young woman. And there are so many qualities as you look at this story that speaks to the character of Ruth. Her fidelity towards Naomi her loyalty to her and that she would not leave her, the constancy and just continually being faithful to Naomi, going out and gleaning in the fields so that they could have food, her uncomplaining labor in doing so, and also her chastity because Boaz says to her, you are a virtuous woman. You didn't go after the young men, whether rich or poor. She never acted in any way that would be considered improper. She was also very patient. She showed deference to the servants of Boaz and to Boaz himself. And finally, of course, her generosity in that she shared what she was given by Boaz back to Naomi. I mean, all of these things speak about how good she was. And yet we see that she too needed a kinsman redeemer. Her good qualities were not going to enable her to redeem the inheritance that was lost through her husband's death. And so it is to us today, this really speaks to us, that no matter what our background is, it can be like Tamar and Rahab, full of immorality and lots of closets filled with skeletons, or like Ruth, a virtuous young lady who conducted herself properly, it doesn't matter. We all need God's grace. Like these ladies, our badness doesn't disqualify us and our goodness doesn't qualify us. We all need a Redeemer. And you know, this really speaks to the story in Acts chapter 10. The story of Cornelius. He was the first Gentile to become a Christian. He's the church's equivalent to Ruth. Like Ruth, Cornelius was a Gentile. He was outside the commonwealth of Israel. And listen to how the Bible describes him in verse 2. He was a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always 
I mean, this was a good man. We would say, he's a fine Christian. But he wasn't a Christian. He wasn't a believer in Christ. But he had a vision. And an angel said, you send for Peter and have him come to your house. And he will tell you words whereby you and your household shall be saved. Now, isn't this interesting? Cornelius was a devout man who feared God. He gave alms and he prayed to God always. And yet the scripture says he wasn't saved. You see, our goodness is not going to save us. It doesn't matter how good we are. We might get applause from this world, but it's not going to bring us into right standing with God. And that's what so many people miss. They still think that we are accepted or rejected by God because of our goodness. And that's just wrong. If we were just to be judged by our works, the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags to the Lord. The best person in the world still does not come up to God's standards. All have sinned. All have come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. So we all need a Redeemer. And the story of Ruth shows this so clearly. She was a good woman, a virtuous woman, but she needed redemption just as much as Tamar and Rahab. And Boaz is a type of how this redemption was going to come to her. Naomi tells her how to approach this kinsman redeemer. She says, you go in and uncover his feet and lay down by them. And he'll tell you what to do. You know, this is the position that we must have when we come to God. We can't come in arrogance. We can't come with excuses or demands. We can't come with a list of our good works. It will not be accepted. Jesus showed this when he gave the parable of the publican and sinner who came to the Lord to pray. And the Pharisee began to recite all his good works, all the good things that he had done, how much he prayed and how much he gave alms. But the Lord said his prayer wasn't heard. But the poor publican just came down, put his head down between his knees and said, Lord, be merciful to me a sinner. And in that humble, quiet prayer, Jesus said, that man was heard. You can't come with pride. You can't come thinking that we merit anything from God. We have to just simply bow at his feet. We need to take the same stance that Mary took when she came and anointed Jesus' feet just before his crucifixion. She came with an alabaster box and while Jesus was sitting at the table with Simon, she knelt at his feet. Listen to this story in Luke 7 and verse 36. It says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city, who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet, and anointed them with the fragrant oil. And then Jesus turned to Simon, and he said, I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, 
but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Then to you, her sins which are forgiven, for she loves much. If we are going to have our sins forgiven, that we must adopt, humbly come, kneel at his feet, acknowledge who you are, acknowledge what you have done, and you will find his love, acceptance, and forgiveness. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children, youth, and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God and each other so we may fulfill our purpose in life. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.